Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. I'm preaching today? I mean, after all, you did just have a kid, so I figured you'd preach about that. No? No. Well, uh, I want to remind you that we're on a journey uh, of reading scripture. We're, we're on a journey of, of raising the bar in our life by consuming the word of life. And uh, this month, uh, we're, we're reading the rest of the New Testament, Galatians through Revelation. And uh, it's about 3.1 or 3.2 chapters a day. Um, and don't, don't feel any pressure if you're a little bit behind. It's all right. Um, and uh, just want to encourage you on that journey. I'm, I'm on that journey with you. And and as I was reading um, through Philippians, uh, I, read, I read that book out loud um, the whole way through, and I was mindful of, of a moment that, that we just had um, at our big day, uh, which is where at our district center where all the, the pastors uh, come in together, um, whether they're youth or senior pastor or executive, and we all come together for uh, six hours of just encouragement, um, sharpening, challenging, and uh, that morning, Chad Wilson from Sydney Church of the Nazarene had um, given us a devotion, and as I was reading through the book of Philippians, I was reminded of, of his devotion, and uh, it comes from out of Philippians chapter 2, um, verse 12, um, and he, it says this, therefore, my dear friends, this is Paul speaking, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. He continues, do everything without complaining or arguing. Oh, yikes. Yeah, I kind of had to pause there myself when I read it the other day. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault and a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Shine like stars in the universe. Like stars. Um, I was reminded of that statement and uh, years ago at King's Domain when I was there at a, a parachurch as the, the men's director this was our theme for camp shine like stars shining like stars and I know many of us in this room including myself I haven't really felt like shining much at all lately it's been, it's been cloudy cloudy and I was standing out there in the parking lot before Craig came out and I was just Jesus this is a beautiful morning 
is gorgeous. Now I know there's Arctic winds coming through here later on this week. It's gonna get it's gonna get wintry again. But I was like, man, this is this is beautiful. And I'm reminded that stars, they uh, day or night, rain or shine, stars shine all the time, all the time, stars shine. Doesn't matter whether whether life is cloudy. <laughs> whether life is bright and brilliant you can't see those stars right now but they're shining they're strategically placed they're not just scattered by the hand of the creator they're strategically placed and they shine where they're strategically placed they have purpose and intention they're to give light in the darkness and as Paul says very clearly in a crooked and depraved nation, or generation, not nation, but generation. In other words, in a very dark world, you shine like stars in the universe. There's something about Paul. See, Paul, later on in this chapter or in in this book he actually says for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I've learned the secret of being content secret in each and every situation whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do everything through him Christ who gives me strength. I've learned the secret of being content. Keep in mind, shining like stars, right? This is Paul, Christian killer turned church planter, disciple maker, Christ preacher. Radical transformation in his life. But that radical transformation took him into places that, in situations that he would rather not be in his resume he, he spells out his resume through his letters which if you're on the reading journey you've probably already read he's a Hebrew of Hebrews he was once a zealous Pharisee religious to the extent but he also has a resume of pain that he lays out in one of his letters where he's been beaten and flogged and shipwrecked and hungry and naked and cold and stoned and left for dead. His resume of pain is, is, is quite long and interesting. And he writes this letter, the letter to the church of Philippi from a prison. He's in chains. He's an ambassador in chains, as he says, for Christ. And he encourages the church of Philippi while he's in chains to shine like stars in the universe. And he says, I've learned the secret of being content. Now, see, Paul doesn't, doesn't tell us the secret. I mean, we think that the, the last verse, I can do everything through him who gives me strength, that's the secret. I, I don't necessarily know if that's the secret. What Paul doesn't tell us 
that we kind of have to read between the lines to find is that Paul, Paul himself has a why. His life has purpose and intention, meaning and a mission. Spells it out in this letter. I want to know Christ, the power of his resurrection, fellowship with him in his sufferings. As soon as he had that radical transformation, when Jesus met him on that road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9, he had three days of blindness, and as soon as that blindness came off, he was a man launched on mission. He was launched to shine like stars in a dark world, in a crooked and depraved generation to add light and he was strategically placing himself all throughout the Roman world and all throughout the lives of people that he may shine into their life and in his chains he writes to the church and he writes to you and me shine like stars the secret of being content is the why of your life see Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross and died for our sins, yes. And he rose from the dead that we may have hope. But you put those two things together and you have purpose and intention, meaning and mission for your life. So there's a lot of, a lot of people a lot of people searching for meaning in their life. There are teenagers and junior hires and now elementary kids who are confused about meaning in their life. And they run to whatever they can run to. Guess what? It doesn't change when you've grown up. It doesn't. Sorry to say, it doesn't change when you become an adult and you wear deodorant. It just doesn't happen. Your life has meaning and purpose and intention. So I ask you today, what's your why? Because the why of life It grounds us when we're on the mountaintops, when we're feeling blessed, when things are going well, when it's daylight. It focuses our minds and our hearts in the moments of chaos and confusion. The why enables us and empowers us to walk through and endure pain and suffering and the discontentment of life. See, contentment is the satisfaction of the soul. Of the soul. 
the inner soul, your inner being. Contentment doesn't come out of what you own and what your life and wages and work have bought you. This Friday, this past Friday, my sister and my wife and a friend of my mom's were going through from closet to closet, from shelf to shelf, wall to wall, pulling things out. All the things that that were acquired over the course of my mom's life. Those things that she acquired from her work and the wages of her work for 20 some years as a teacher clothes trinkets you name it it's going through drawers and there's all kinds of stuff now my mom was a very frugal and simple person so even for a woman like that there wasn't a there was still a whole lot of stuff right And yesterday I took a car full of that stuff, that cash and currency, coin and bit, buys. And I dropped it off somewhere. Other stuff were given to the woman that was with us because she didn't have anything. And other things that were tattered, they were thrown away. Stuff doesn't make us content. Your work and your wages, they don't buy you contentment. It's your soul that must be satisfied, that brings contentment. And the soul will only be content when the soul has a why. Does your soul have a why? Because if it doesn't, you're going to continue to search the world to fill it. And you will be found wanting every time. Because the world does not have your why. God has your why. The creator of your soul has your why. When we were around my mom's bed and uh, it was only Amy and and I at the time and uh, I was holding her hands and I was was, for, for an hour I just watched and looked at her hands just up and down and and how her her hands were so ravaged from the severe RA and the osteoarthritis and they were so swollen um, and they were bruised from from all the needle pricks and all of those things over the course of the last several years and I just I couldn't take my eyes off her hands and I I was processing those were the hands that held me when I was born those were the hands that 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 bathed us in the kitchen sink those were the hands that that prepared the meals 
yes, kids. I was, I was, I, I saw some faces going, what, seriously? Yes, I was bathed in the kid, kitchen sink, probably till I was like 10. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> awkward. Uh, <laughs> but those, those were the hands that prepared meals. Those were the hands that, that held our hands when we, we walked to Arrowwood Elementary for the first time. Those were the hands that comforted us and held us. And yes, those were the hands that beat us senseless when uh, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. Those hands. And at some point in this, this time, I just looked over at Amy and I said, Mom was Martha and Mary at the same time. Now, if you don't know who Martha and Mary are, Jesus had a group of 12 that were his disciples, and they were really, really close. Matthew, Peter, James, John, Andrew, that crew, even Judas Iscariot. We often leave him out, but he was in there. Judas Iscariot had the best preacher pastor ever. But there was also a group that was outside the 12, and he was really close with a group that were uh, a family. It was two sisters and a brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Luke tells us a story in Luke chapter 10. If, if you'd like to turn there, you can. Um, have it up on the screen. Luke tells us a story of a, a moment where Jesus and his disciples stop at, at this house of Martha. And uh, Martha opens her home. Hosp- hospitality, she opens her home. And this is in the village of Bethany. And it seems that Jesus is just doing his thing. He does his thing like he always does. He takes moments, he makes them teachable moments. This is as Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to the village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. By default, his disciples, the rest of the crew. Hopefully it was, there was enough space, otherwise it would have smelled in there. She had a sister, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Well, well. So let's just kind of live in this moment for, for a second. Jesus is sitting. He's chilling. He's, doing, he's taking the posture of the teacher, and he's, he's teaching. Martha's running around the house. Doing what she thinks she needs to be doing in the moment. Mary sitting at his feet, as well as I'm sure other people, and they're taking in what Jesus is, is giving, the new things about the kingdom of God that they they're learning and and uh about God the Father and all these things that they're just relearning what it means to be in relationship with God. And Martha stops dead in her tracks. Lord, don't you care? Tell her to get up off her rear end and help me. Isn't that nice? That's church folk, isn't it? No, that's just human beings. That's just human beings. Jesus says something very insightful here. Martha, Martha, that's not the insightful part. It's just her name. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is 
better and it will not be taken away from her. Now this is where pastors really like begin to pull apart Mary and Martha and put them as opposites, okay? I'm not gonna do that. There's no need for doing that. Like I said, start at this point off with mom was both Mary and Martha. Their hands. He qualifies and quantifies what is better. All of us have choices. Whether you are really, really tiny with a bow on your head, I love it, or you're really adult, not necessarily adulting, but you're adults, or you're adults adulting, or you're teenagers just trying to figure things out. All of us have a myriad of choices each and every day. We can choose what is evil. We can choose what is good. And sometimes we think what is good isn't necessarily, in the back end, isn't really that good, right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, boastful of pride of life. We like to choose things for our flesh and ourself that gives us pleasure in the immediate. Man, that was good. I just told somebody just last week, you know, sin, sinning was fun. I'm not gonna lie, it was fun. But it has consequences. There's a lot of consequences. So, there are some things that we think are good in the moment, but in the back end, they're, they're detrimental to our soul. Many of us like to play the game of neutrality, that choices are neutral. They neither affect us one way or the other, and that's false, because all of our choices move us into one direction or another. All of our choices move us into one direction or another. They do. They move us towards creating our future or our choices end up, we forsake our present and forfeit the future. Those are your choices. Either choose to create the future or forsake your present and forfeit the future. That's what happens with our choices. And Jesus looks at Martha and says, see, your sister has chosen what is better. See, there's the evil, there's the good, and then there's the better. There's the better. What qualifies and quantifies better? Again, it goes back to what Paul tells us in his letter. I've learned the secret of being content. What satisfies the soul and he says, it cannot be taken away from her. Again, our choices, work, wages, currency, coin, bit, possessions, those are choices. Those are choices we make. We think that they're going to satisfy our soul. Hmm. Not necessarily. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet choosing the better that which satisfies the soul and that which is long lasting long lasting like I said carload of things accrued from a life given away choosing better 
Now, John tells us something in his gospel. John chapter 12. We have another scene in this home. Again, they're very hospitable people, particularly Martha. And notice what John writes. So six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived. That would be the brother of Mary and Martha, whom Jesus raised from the dead. Holy moly. What? Yeah, it's a good story. Read chapter 11 later on. Lazarus was dead and was raised from the dead. Really great story. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served. Pause. Martha gave Mary the business the last time, and when Martha gave Mary the business, Jesus gave Martha the business. But here, Martha is doing what she did, right? She served. She did that in Luke 10, but she's doing that now in John 12. I'm a little confused, Jesus. Help me out, brother. See, Martha was living by design. Living by design. Living by your why. She expressed her her love by service. That's her love language. But sometimes we just get distracted and forget what's really priority in our life. The soul is what's priority. The soul is what's priority. Jesus doesn't give Martha the business here in John 12. Martha lives by design. She learns something. And then watch what Mary does. So we have Martha and Lazarus. He's hanging out by Jesus, reclining with him at the table. Then Mary took a pint of nard, an expensive perfume. Hmm. Don't you buy expensive perfume with wages for your work? Yep. Yep. She poured it out on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. When you know why you work, when you know why you gain wages, when you know your why, everything in your life becomes lined up, used for that mission, for that intention, for that purpose. Whether it's your truck, your car, your house, the food that you have, your clothes, they're all focused in on the mission, on the why, on the intention, on the purpose. What is your why? Like I said, we gathered a lot of things. And we gave a lot of things away. and Dropped off a lot of things to certain places. And some things were thrown away. Years ago, my brother had come to the house, to my mom's house. I wasn't there. And, uh, he went in the closet for some reason and he looked at my sister and said 
Where's mom's stuff? What do you mean? She doesn't have any clothes. She doesn't have any shoes. What are you talking about? She has a couple pair there and there's some clothes. She doesn't have anything. My sister said, she doesn't have anything because she gives her things away. She gives them to people who are in need. She closes them, gives them shoes. I remember a Thanksgiving when my mom invited a student of hers and his father. And the father was Russian. Watch out. The father was Russian. You never knew who would show up at our, at our dinner table at Thanksgiving and Easter. And the father was a trucker. And he learned to speak English through the CB. Right? You know where I'm going, right? I love it. It's so good. And the student got really red-faced because his dad just continued to use the F-bomb and the MF and all those other four-letter words that I will not say because I'll be fired. (laughs) And dad, we don't talk like that. My mom looked at her student and said, dad doesn't know any better. It's okay. It's okay. She opens her home like Martha. She pours out like Mary. I think my mom knew the secret of being content. It's because her life was a mission. Constantly on mission. In everything that she did. Paul, his life, was on mission with everything he did, even when he was in chains, to shine like stars in the universe, in a dark world, to light the way. Why? John noticed a statement that Jesus made. We're going to somewhat start wrapping up here. Don't gather your things yet. They come across a blind man, Jesus and his disciples, John chapter 9. Come across this blind man, and they they ask him a question. It's it's a pretty hard question. We had a series of hard questions last, last month, and they ask him a hard question. Did this man sin, or did his parents sin? And they were really curious, because the the leading idea, ideology of the day was, if somebody was in a situation such as blindness or lameness or paralyzed or whatever the case may be either the person sinned or their parents sinned and those consequences were passed down to the to the person and Jesus said neither neither the man nor his parents sinned and then it just seems kind of comes out of nowhere these verses chapter verse four and five he says as long as it is day we must do the work of him who sent me Night is coming when no one can work. 
While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. It's very odd for Jesus to kind of throw this in it almost. Throughout the book of John, you can see that Jesus is focused on his mission. My time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. My time has not yet come. And eventually it comes and immediately following that, he's on the cross. Jesus knew his mission. He had self-understanding of who he was even at a young age of 12. Imagine that, teenagers. He had an understanding of his mission, his life, why, at the age of 12. Read it in Luke chapter 2. As long as it is day, we must continue to do the work of him who sent me. When you have that radical moment like Paul did, your life has an intention and a purpose, a meaning and a mission. If you are a follower of Christ, your mission is to be that star shining in the dark world. And that light doesn't come from you. Here's the thing. It doesn't come come from you at all it comes from Jesus Christ I haven't felt like shining for a long time for months it feels like Matthew shows up into the hospital just about an hour before we put mom on comfort care telling you all these stories because this is where I've been sitting okay this is where I've been sitting for a while he shows up in his uniform after a long day and week of deployment he entered that room in a moment where there was prayer happening so let me take you about 45 minutes to an hour before that moment that Matthew showed up. My family had been going back and forth, back and forth to the ICU where my mom was, in the COVID unit. And uh, there was a woman with her kids that were sitting in the same lobby that we were. Her name's Patty. And you could just see it on their faces as well. I mean, this is not a happy moment for any of us. And uh, at some point I was just sitting there looking at Patty. And I said something to her. I don't even remember what I said. Um, probably, is he, is he in for COVID? The answer was yes. Um, and uh, just started asking her questions. She was completely distraught, completely distraught. And uh, his name was Tom. And I shared a little bit about my mom and where we were and the decision that we were about to make. 
and Tom was on the brink. We weren't really sure what was going to happen. Um, he was going to be put on the vent, potentially, and she was lost. And I said, Patty, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you believe in the Lord God. Um, I said, I do. And uh, would you mind if I pray for you? And she said, sure. And so we had this moment of, of prayer in that lobby. And I heard the door open, and when I said amen, there's Matthew standing right there. My mom's about to die. Her husband were unsure what's going to happen. I didn't feel like shining in the moment. I just felt like a ball of mush. But I knew that she was going through something that she needed somebody to come in and shine for her in the moment. I'm not telling you this because I'm, I'm boasting myself. That's, hopefully you know that that's not what I do. But I can tell you when you don't feel like shining sometimes, Jesus just shines right through you. And Matthew walks into this room himself shining like a star in the universe in a dark world, in a dark moment. I don't know what conversations he had with that family, but I can tell you he shined on my family. Fast forward the clock, 25 hours later, when my mom had passed away and we were, had our moment of prayer and we gathered our things and we left her in the room and I walked out of the hallway and there's Patty. How's Tom? How's Tom? She just broke down. He was struggling. I gave her a hug. I said, I'm really glad we met. I'm really glad we met. I said, I'll be praying for Tom and you, Patty, and your kids. The secret of being content when you have plenty and when you don't, when life's going well, when life just sucks, it's your mission, it's your why. You know that you have a purpose in whatever situation that you're in. No matter what it is. And that God will use you for whatever that purpose is. Folks, you're to shine like stars. You're to shine like stars in a dark world. We gather... but we are strategically placed in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces to shine like stars in the universe. This month is all about shining like stars. What's your why? What's your why? And I'd like for you to begin to figure that out. 
What's your life intention and purpose, your meaning and your mission? If you know Jesus, if you're trying to figure it out, let me tell you, I'll tell you. Come ask me, call me, sit down with me, I'll tell you. It'll take me like three seconds, all right? You're on mission. You're on mission. It's time to dust off the cobwebs and move forward with our life. Would you mind just bowing your heads for a moment? Jesus. Thank you for saving our life. Thank you for redeeming our soul, for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for giving us the hope from the resurrection, empowering us by your spirit with Pentecost, for taking up residence in this ball of flesh. There's a group of people sitting in this room and those listening online. Some of them are trying to just figure out what am I to do? What's my life mission? What's my purpose? Lord, I ask you speak that right directly into their spirit and their soul. There are many of us that are discontented. Gas prices, didn't get the food in time, whatever it may be. We're just discontented. Father, I ask that you speak deep into their soul and you, you be what satisfies them. You. You satisfy our soul. May we find and learn the secret of being content and apply it to our life. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you for who you are and what you've done in me and in my life. I wouldn't be the man that I am if it weren't for you. And I give you all credit, all glory, all praise, all honor. I deflect in any compliments and put it to you. May this group of people from young teenagers and kids all the way to the seasoned vets Will you launch us? Today's the day. It's time. Night is coming. Will you set our feet to pavement <clears throat> to move forward, to use our life for your intention and your purpose? Will you help us shine like stars even when it's raining out? And will you help us shine like stars even in the daylight? Because the world is dark and it needs you we are your messengers we are your carriers and your warriors of light because of your light within us may we go out and shine father will you use us even in the most odd moments of our life heartbreaking moments of our life will you use us to bring glory to you i love you father i thank you i praise you and i give you glory it's in your name we pray today Amen. Will you please stand? Folks, shine like stars, man. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please, please, please love your neighbor as yourself. We will see you next week. And uh, we're praying for you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you. And that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.